Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Get Off Your Donkey. Today's big idea is getting off your donkey is a way of life that leads to real significance. Over the next four weeks, we're going to spend time in Luke chapter 10 as we impact the story of the Good Samaritan. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Nothing like starting your Sunday morning with the sound of a donkey, right? One day, it's true, Jesus shared a story. And it's a story that had profound impact when he first shared these particular words. It's interesting because this story that Jesus shared so many years ago is still having impact today. As a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, I was watching the CBS Evening News and You know, sometimes they will end a newscast by sharing a feel-good story about somebody who helped out another person. You ever heard those kinds of stories? Well, that's how they chose to end this particular newscast, and they referred to this biblical story. It's a story about a businessman who was just going about his work, and in the process of his work, he came across somebody in great need. And they were in a lot of trouble, and they needed a lot of help. And as this businessman was just going about his business, he finds this person in real need. And the question becomes, and what we're going to spend our time unpacking throughout the month of September, is would he get off his donkey and place the needs of someone else in front of his own? Would he inconvenience himself in order to help out another person. Would he? We begin a brand new series today called Get Off Your Donkey. And we're going to look at some different characters in one of Jesus' most famous stories, the story of the Good Samaritan. There's actually four different characters in this particular story, as well as a donkey. And it's the donkey that provides this amazing illustration that I think we're going to remember for a long time. And here's what we're going to discover as we walk through this experience. Helping people is the best part of life. Would you just let that phrase kind of sink into your mind right now? Helping other people is the best part of life. And nothing beats that. It is contagious. It's inspiring. It's inspiring to us, and it's inspiring to the people around us as well. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever benefited from the compassion, the kindness, or the generosity of another person? And they just kind of extended that to you, and you benefited from that? That ever happened to you? If it has, then you know that's a feeling that is really difficult to describe. When my wife, Tanya, was pregnant with Cambry, our three-year-old, she felt like she was having a few issues with the pregnancy, and so one day she called her doctor and said, I think I'm having a few problems, and what should I do? And so they said, we want you to come to the hospital. We need to check this out because there might be something happening, and we need to know. That's not exactly the news you want to hear when you're pregnant, so that kind of worried us and concerned us, and we knew we needed to get to the hospital, but we had 
a challenge in front of us because at that particular time, we had three kids in school and two little ones still at home. So we knew we needed to get there, but we had kids in school that needed to be picked up and the little ones at home and somebody needed to care for them and I wanted to be with Tanya just so that we could be there together to find out what's happening. And we had only been here at Valley Point for a few months So I didn't really know a lot of people that I could just call and say, hey, can you pick up my kids? Can you watch my kids? So we just started to think about what are we going to do? And I said, you know, I'm going to have to call somebody. And so I reached out to a few individuals and kind of explained the situation and said, we need to go to the hospital. I have no idea how long we're going to be there, but I've got kids who need to get picked up. Do you think you can do that at this time? And then there's kids at home. Do you think you can find somebody to help us and just sit with them until you're either able to get there or we return from the hospital? And I didn't know what to expect. But I was amazed in that moment at the compassion and the kindness and the generosity that was extended to us, even though we didn't know people very well. We got to the hospital, and Tanya was okay. Cambry was okay, so that was really encouraging news. And then a few months later, Cambry was born. And once again, the compassion, the kindness... The generosity of people was just overwhelming as we had meal after meal after meal after meal delivered to our home by people we didn't even know. And the food was amazing. It was great. By the way, if you like food, you should just consider having a baby. (laughs) Because there is an energized group of people here who will deliver food to your home and take care of moms with new babies and their families And forget about the 18 years that you've got to deal with all of that. The front-end meals are incredible. So think about it. Maybe give it a shot. Have you ever benefited from the compassion, the kindness, or the generosity of another person? Let me flip that question around and kind of get on the other side of it. And that is, have you ever personally extended compassion or kindness or generosity to another person without expecting anything in return at all? Have you ever done that for another person? See, it's in this great story that Jesus shares in Luke chapter 10. That's where he focuses his attention. It's not on the receiving as much as it is the giving. And here's the good news, and this is really good news. God wants to use all of us. He really does. God wants to use you, and God wants to use me. And will you just allow that to settle into your heart right now, that God wants to use you to make a lasting difference in the lives of other people? And if you are one that thinks that you have to have all of your stuff together in order for God to do that, or if you are one that thinks you have to know a lot of religious information in order to be able to have a real and lasting impact, that simply isn't true. God wants to use us. The question is this, will we let him? Will we? And this is the question we're wrestling with as we think about this incredible story that Jesus shared so many years ago about the Good Samaritan. Here's our big idea for today, and that is getting off your donkey is a way of life that leads to real significance. It just does. 
And when we find ourselves getting off the donkey, it's there. It's in that moment. It's in that instance that our lives begin to have true and lasting impact. So let's think about that. If you have a Bible or a smart device, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading with verse 25. You can also scan the QR code in your program, and that'll bring up all of our notes and all of the scripture as well. Luke chapter 10, just a very powerful paragraph in scripture. And here's kind of the setting. Here's the context. Here's what's happening in Luke chapter 10. Jesus is talking to a crowd. He's having a real conversation with a bunch of different people, and he's teaching, and he's being Jesus, and he's just sharing amazing things, and people are interested, and they're listening to him. And at some point in the conversation in Luke chapter 10, somebody raises their hand. You can picture this, right? Like, wow, Jesus, that was incredible. You're sharing some really insightful things. But I have a question. It's just something that I want to know. And so in the process of teaching... Jesus pauses, he listens to the question that the person gave, and then Jesus shared a parable as a way to answer that question. Jesus often taught with parables. And here's what a parable is. Basically, a parable is something that's cast alongside something else. And so Jesus' parables were stories that were cast alongside a truth in order to illustrate that truth. It's almost like Jesus sensed, I don't know if the crowd is understanding everything, so I'm going to throw this out there. I want to cast alongside the story to illustrate this truth so that people will understand and get it. That's what a parable is, something cast alongside. It's also a teaching aid. It's like a visual illustration. And so let me help everybody. Let me lift up this teaching aid so you see it and you get it. It's also... An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so when you're reading through scripture and you come across a passage where Jesus is sharing a parable, he's sharing the story, you can know, oh, Jesus is going to cast alongside something here so that I understand. He's going to give me a teaching aid. He's going to share an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's what a parable is. And Jesus often taught in parables. And the main reason he did that is because he wanted people to understand. He wanted people to get it. And so that's what's happening in Luke chapter 10 in verse 25. So before Jesus gets into this amazing parable, this cast alongside story of the Good Samaritan, he again has a real conversation with somebody. And that's where we're going to begin. So here's verse 25. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. No doubt this was a smart guy. He was probably a lawyer whose specialty was religious law. And it says here that he began to test Jesus. That word test is interesting. It doesn't mean he's being hostile or snarky or pejorative. He's just trying to get an opinion from Jesus. What do you think about this, Jesus? And so then he asks the question. Here it is. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do? What do I have to accomplish to inherit eternal life? When I first read that, I thought, oh, 
He's asking about, how do I get to heaven? How can I be saved? How can I know, Jesus, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when I die, I have this home in heaven for me? That's what I thought he was asking, but he's not actually asking that question because that's not what Jesus answers. Instead, here's the heart of what this smart guy was asking. He was looking at Jesus and saying, okay, I hear what you're saying, Jesus, but how can I have lasting impact on earth here and now? How can I do that? I want to know. How can I make a difference? How can I have real impact in the lives of others? And this is what Jesus begins to touch on. And so we discover Jesus replies in verse 26, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Jesus responds here with a couple of questions. And isn't that always annoying when people do that? Isn't it like you ask a question and then they fire a bunch of back to you and you're like, hey, wait a minute, I'm the one asking questions here. But this is just Jesus being Jesus and he understood what the lawyer was thinking and he knew where he was headed. And so the lawyer responds and he says, all right, I'm going to answer your questions. And he says, you must, here's what you have to do. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Do this and you will live, Jesus said. So the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, All right, who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And it's at that moment where Jesus says, Oh, you asked the question. You went there. You asked the whole neighbor thing. That actually doesn't say Jesus said that, but there is no doubt he is thinking this in his mind. And here's why. In this culture, people thought and understood their neighbor to be somebody who was close to them and someone who shared the same spiritual values. And so if you lived close to me, and if you shared the same spiritual values as me, we would be neighbors and we could like each other because you're a lot like me. And it's not hard to like me, right? And this philosophy, this thinking, led them to say things like this. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. Love your neighbor, that's all good, but hate your enemy. And that's kind of how they lived. And so Jesus comes along and he kind of blows that whole thing up by saying, I want you to love your enemy, and your enemy is this, or your neighbor is this. Your neighbor is anyone that is in great need. doesn't matter if they're close to you, and it doesn't matter if they share the same spiritual values as you. Your neighbor is anyone in need. And Jesus communicates this to the crowd, and it's about that time that the lawyer said, all right. I give up. Carry on, Jesus. And so what we discover next in verse 30 is Jesus then replied with a story. And here comes the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, we're not going to actually read that story today. 
you got to come back next week to see what happens with the story of the Good Samaritan. And the reason I'm not going to go there, and the reason we're not going to read that today is because I think we need to ask and answer the same question before we get into the characters and the donkey. And that question is, who's my neighbor? Who is it? Do I actually know and what does that mean for me? And are there some things that I may need to unlearn in my life as I currently live and move? Are there some things that I might need to unlearn so that when my opportunity comes to get off of my donkey, I see it, I know it, and I am prepared, and I am ready to do that. Because here's the thing. I think most of us are going to say this. Sure, I'm going to help somebody in need. It's just who I am. That's what I would do. Of course, I'm going to get off the donkey. And yes, I'm going to help that person in need. That's what I'm going to do. But would we? Would we really do that? And do we? Do we intentionally inconvenience ourselves in order to meet the needs of those struggling around us? And do we intentionally give up our resources, maybe even our money, in order to help those who have great needs? See, when we begin to talk that way, all of a sudden it becomes really difficult. Like, that doesn't sound so easy. Yeah, I'll help. But when I have to inconvenience myself, uh, you know, that's kind of a different story. And so as we walk through the rest of this parable, this truth that Jesus threw out there, we're going to discover we have to unlearn a few things. These are all questions that I've been asking myself recently. Do I really understand? Do I really know who my neighbor is? And when confronted with the opportunity, would I really help? I've been asking myself this recently, and quite honestly, I'm not real happy with the answers. I want you to think about this. An unlikely, hated individual becomes the hero in this story. It's true, and we're going to discover that in the coming weeks. A hated, unlikely, marginalized individual is the hero in this story. Do you want to be a hero? Remember, God wants to use all of us. He really does. And I want to be the hero. And I want you to be the hero. And I want Valley Point Church to be a hero. I want it to be said of this place that this is more than a group of people who come together and sit and sing a few songs and read the Bible. That's all valuable and really important stuff. But I want it to be said of us that in addition to that, we get off the donkey here at Valley Point Church, and we move into the communities around us, and we serve in real ways, and we really help people. But that's not going to happen if we don't unlearn a few things. So here's what I did as God was just kind of pushing on my heart in this whole area. I created a list of things I feel that I need to unlearn if I'm going to be prepared and ready to get off my donkey. And so I want to share this list with you. And let me just say, If you're here and you're not so sure about God yet and you're not so sure about the church and you're just kind of kicking the tires to get a feel for this thing, I want to let you know that I think this is a list that will benefit you. And I would encourage you to listen, take what you want, take what's useful, and then go ahead and apply that wherever you can. I think it's good and I think it's helpful for us to consider some things that we need to unlearn. So here's my list 
perhaps you find yourself doing some of the same things. So here's the stuff. All right, we're thinking about preparing for getting off the donkey. But let's unlearn a few things. Here's my list. Number one, I don't have time. I just don't have time. I use this all of the time. I'm a busy person. I have a job and a career. And interestingly, my job and career involves motivating people to actually do these kinds of things. But yet, in the middle of all that, I can get really busy and lose sight of getting off the donkey. I'm busy. I want to be in the community. I have a large family. I want to spend time with my kids. I want to spend time with my wife. I have a staff that I need to mentor and lead. I need to create. I need to invent. And I have to do that all of the time. And the machine keeps churning. And I just don't have time. Guess what? I do. And so do you. And if we're going to get off the donkey and actually see and meet real needs, we've got to unlearn this that I don't have time. Because we do. Here's the second thing. And that is, life is about me. And we don't often communicate this to other people. Like, we just don't come out and say it. But we begin to act this way. And I am amazed at how quickly I begin to think only about the things that I want and the things that I desire. And generally, those aren't bad things. They're okay things, but they might not be the best things. And they tend to center around me. And it can happen that fast. If we're going to get off the donkey and see real need, we've got to understand life is not about me. Life is actually about other people and inconveniencing myself here and there so I can see and meet real needs. Life's not about me. It's not. The third thing I think we've got to unlearn is that someone else will do it. We think this all the time, don't we? You know, I see a need, I understand, but I'm busy, I've got stuff going on, there's a lot in motion, and somebody else is going to meet that. Somebody else will provide for that. Somebody else will follow through. Someone else will be the hero. Someone else will serve city team in Chester, and someone else will help the homeless at Pathways right here in Wawa. Someone else will feed the homeless at the Sunday breakfast mission in Wilmington. Someone else will provide a solution for the human sex trafficking that happens really close to here. Someone else will serve the local school districts. Someone else will invite. Someone else will bring items on September 21st, our very first love day of this new season. And there's items that we want to bring and we want to give to a village in the Dominican Republic so that they can learn English, a great skill they need in order to improve their lives. And you know what? Somebody else will bring that stuff and somebody else will get all of these different things done. Guess what? Someone else might not get that stuff done. And maybe God has planted that dream and that desire in your heart so that you can be the person who says, I'm going to accomplish that. I'm going to meet that need. I'm going to fulfill that. And I'm going to allow God to use me and not just rely on somebody else to always get things done because maybe it just won't get done. And maybe God wants you to accomplish that. See, if we want to get off the donkey and see real need and have lasting impact, and remember, God wants to use us. He does, but we have a choice. 
Will we allow him to? And will we stop saying that somebody else is going to do that? So here's what I want to do. I want to share three takeaways with you that I think will help all of us kind of unlearn these things. So here's takeaway number one. Begin a stop list. And this is something that will help us just create a little bit of margin in lives, in our lives. See, I think sometimes we're moving so fast that we just can't stop. And speed kills. It kills in families. It kills in relationships. It kills a lot of different things. And so maybe the greatest thing that we all could do as we contemplate getting off the donkey is saying, all right, I'm going to get a sheet of paper or a calendar or my smartphone or whatever it is that I want to use, and I'm going to create a stop list. Like here are the items that I will stop doing so that I can create a little bit of space in my life to look out and actually see real need, hear it, understand it, and then respond to that. Again, maybe this is the greatest thing that all of us could do, just to say, I'm going to start a list of things that I will stop doing. And again, some of those things are going to be good things, but if we want to create the kind of margin that allows us to have real impact, there's probably some things we all need to stop doing. Secondly, start your day with a prayer. And here's the prayer. It's right there in your program. It says, help me today to see real need. Remind me to slow the pace and listen to people. Use my life to help someone else today. I'm willing. I'm willing. God, I'm willing. And if that's all you remember from that prayer, and you start your day saying, all right, God, I'm willing. Help me see something. I think that's a great way to start your day. I've started to do this, and it has changed my focus a little bit. It's helping me look out a little bit more. So start your day with a prayer. And then thirdly, find one person in need this week and do something. Find one person in need this week and do something. By the way, that person in need, guess who they are? It's your neighbor. It's your neighbor. It's the very person that God wants you to help. And God has placed you where you live and where you work and where you go to school so that you can have an impact on your neighbors right there. Perhaps there's a person right now that God is just planting in your mind. Here's the person in need. And maybe that person is in your office or they're in your workplace or they're at your school, students. And you know they could really benefit from you and your friendship and your kindness and compassion. Or maybe that person is in your home or they're in your neighborhood and God's kind of planting that person in your heart right now. That's your neighbor. That's the person who is in need. And I thought about creating lists of here's practical things that we can do to help that individual. But this isn't a one-size-fits-all. I think you've got to chase that. You've got to discover what is that person in need that is around you and how does God want you to be the person to meet that need and be a neighbor to them. So find one person in need this week and do something. And I would encourage you to do this. Run to the messy places, okay? So often we don't want to do that. We are willing to help people who are like us. That's kind of wrong thinking. Run to the messy. Run to the people who don't have it all together, who desperately need something, who desperately need you 
Find that person and do something to help them. And here's what these takeaways will do. Here's what they help us to accomplish. Here's why these takeaways matter. Again, I hope you think through this and you really begin to implement some of these things as we walk through this series this month. But here's what these takeaways will do. They're going to help us to unlearn some behaviors that keep us on the donkey. Because if there is anything that is needed in the communities around us and in the world, it is a group of people who are willing to get off of their donkey and to meet real need. And so I would encourage you, use these takeaways, implement them, because it's going to help us to get off the donkey and start living a life of real significance. Father, we're thankful for our time today. And God, throughout this month, we're going to look at this tremendous story that you shared. It's an earthly story that has some heavenly meaning to it. And God, as we walk through the different characters in the weeks to come, would you prepare our hearts to be those individuals who choose to do something? God, we can take all of this in and do nothing. That's possible. But God, I don't think that's what you want for me. I don't think that's what you want for Valley Point Church. And so I pray that as we walk through this, you would give us a passion and a desire that we have not had in a very long time to look out and run to the messes and to inconvenience ourselves and even give up resources and even give up money so that we can go out and help the people who are lying in the ditch and are in a lot of trouble. God, you're going to call each and every one of us to do something different. Just help us to be sensitive to whatever it is that you want for us. And God, I pray that you'd start with me and that you'd start with every person in this room. And may we just walk out of here beginning to have real impact in the lives of our neighbors, those people around us who have real need. God, help us to do that this week knowing that it's going to put a huge smile on your face and we will have significant impact. God, give us that, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School from 9.15 or 11 a.m.